Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Efren Rosario. I am the youth minister here at Discover Christian Church. And um, I'm, uh, it's actually kind of cool that I'm up here already. Uh, for those of you who are new or for those of you who are still, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with me, uh, I'm only my third month being here. And, uh, and already Steve put me up here uh, to do the sermon. And uh, this is pretty crazy because usually when a church hires a new youth minister, the last thing they do is put the youth minister up on stage, much less this early. Uh, it usually happens at, at least minimum at six months of being here to where they can be like, okay, I think we can trust this guy. Let's see how it goes. And um, so right now we are all a part of history. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. I really think we've broken a record. And so when, when, you, uh, when you're a part of something of history, you got to document it. And of course, the best way to document nowadays is to take a selfie. So um, I want to take a selfie with everyone right now. And, uh, and I got this amazing uh, selfie stick. And, and I don't have a six plus or anything, anything massive, so I can't, like, get everyone. So if you want to be a part of history, you know, maybe scoot in a little bit. Uh, if you don't, then, I mean, you're lost. I don't know what else to really tell you. So, but uh, look goofy, look happy, like you're happy to be here. I know maybe some of you are like, I'd rather be sleeping and uh, lamenting Ohio State's loss, but that's all right. Um, so I'm just going to do this. We got a three-second counter. Uh, if you want to raise your hand or something. Anyways, y'all like, Efren, do this already. I got to get it set up, so I'm trying to... Oh, here we go. All right, three, two, one. That's right. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Uh, now I'm going to try to see if I can blow up DCC's Facebook page with this picture and then just tell everyone what's happening here. And for those of you who are probably right now, like maybe you're one of those overachievers, and you're thinking, oh, I wonder how he's going to tie this into the sermon. It has nothing to do with the sermon. Um, I just... Thought we should do that. But, uh, but let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll dig into the, uh, to our word today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity that we have to be here. Um, just a privilege what it is to be together with believers as a part of your church, to be able to worship you and look into your word. Um, Lord, I just pray that uh, everything that, that I say will, will be the words that you want spoken. And if I say something dumb or that you don't want heard, just wipe it from everyone's mind. I just want everything that happens today to bring you honor and glory. And uh, just continue to be with us throughout uh, the rest of this service. In your new precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Um, to start things off, I need to tell you a story about a former student of mine. His name is Austin Shepherds. There he is. And uh, Katie is thrilled that I have that picture up there of her too, by the way. Um, this is Austin Shepherds. We were at a CIY MOVE conference and at Milligan College in Elizabethan, Tennessee. And the first day we get there, you know, we unpack uh, our rooms and our clothes and things like that. And there's a little bit of free time in between when we pack and when we go to dinner. So I let the students, you know, check out the campus, look at your maps, see where stuff's at, see where the cafeteria is. That's obviously very important. See where the gym is, all those kinds of things. And um, so I'm going with a couple students who are like, show me where the gym's at so we know we were playing basketball and swim and all that. So I was like, all right. So I'm taking them down there. And as I'm going down there, here comes Austin. He comes up to me. Uh, just looks completely distraught. And he is just like, Efren, I, I've, do, I've done something bad, man. I've done something bad. And I'm like, oh, great. What'd you blow up? Um, I mean, a teenage boy, I figured, probably has to do with fire. And, and he's like, man, I, 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 I threw a rock and uh, I, I broke someone's window, uh, that car window. And I was, I, just, I was like, wait, you threw a rock and broke someone's window? Yeah, man. I, are you sure the window wasn't already shattered before you threw the rock? He's like, no, I threw it and I saw it, I saw it shatter. And I was like, okay, well, show me where this thing's at. So he walks me down there, and then sure enough, you can see the point of impact on the rear window of this car, and it just completely spiderwebbed the rest of the, of the window. So I just look at him. I was like, well, 
You're going to have to call your mom, and you're going to have to leave a note so, we can get this take, so you guys can get this taken care of and let her know what's happening. He's like, man, I don't, I don't want to call my mom. She's going to be so mad. She's going to be so mad. I was like, yeah, big boy pants. Call your mom. So, so he calls his mom, and, and he tells her what happens. And then, of course, you just hear, because that's all you can hear from the phone. And, and I was just like, man, this is bad. And, and, then, and then, of course, what inevitably happens, a question that happens when, uh, when, when this child does something stupid that the parent has to ask was, what were you thinking? And his response was, and this is just golden. I just laughed on the spot. He looked at me like he was going to stab me because he was just like, don't laugh at me. But he just says, Mom, I just don't, I, I, I was just throwing stuff. <laughs> That's your excuse? <laughs> You're just throwing stuff? It was a rock. Like, and then he, and then from there, you know, the conversation just kept going. I'm just laughing. I'm sure his mom heard me and was like, well, who's laughing? But but so much, so much in our spiritual lives, in our Christian walk, we're a lot like that. Uh, we just do stuff. And, and, and we get so caught up just doing stuff all the time. And, and then when we're doing all this stuff, we tend to forget uh, what's most important. And that's really what I want to focus on today is, you know, what is the most important thing in our walk? Because, yes, you know, this is going to be a sermon of, you know, you're too busy, you need to come down. And yes, we need to be doing stuff. We need to be constantly doing stuff in the church, outside the church, to try to reach people for Christ and, and, to, and to expand his kingdom. Absolutely, we're supposed to do those things. But we want to be able to recognize what is the most important part of our walk. And for that, we're going to start in our main, in our main passages in Luke chapter 10. Starting in verse 38. It says, now there, was a tr- now there, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now with this, we're seeing, we're seeing two aspects here. Uh, we're seeing the, a Martha on the one hand who invites Jesus into her home. And, and this is customary when you want at uh, this time, and what, what we do today, when you're accepting a someone, if you love someone, you want to spend time with them, you want to build a relationship, you expect them into the home, um, and, then you, and then you feed them. And this is what Martha does. She invites Jesus. In, uh, one that she's already proclaimed, this is the Messiah, this is my Lord and Savior. She invites him to his home, and then he shows up, and when he's there, she's too busy doing all this stuff for Jesus that, that she forgets that Jesus is there. But Mary, on the other hand, Jesus is in there and apparently has something important to say because she's sitting at his feet and she totally forgot everything that's happening. She, she didn't remember. And then so Mary, as she's preparing all this stuff, trying to make sure that the food's ready and, and, and tablecloth masses the drapes. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm a man, all right? Don't judge me. I don't know what you're supposed to do at these things. But, he, but she's doing all this stuff and she sees Mary and she is just completely just angry and annoyed that Mary's doing nothing. I mean, even the way she puts it, I'm serving alone. I'm doing this for you, and she's doing nothing. You're going to let her do that to me? And then Jesus' response is very, very interesting when he says, when he says that you're bothered with so many things, but here's the the great part, but only one thing is necessary. The thing that he's talking about is the fact that Mary was sitting at his feet, learning from him. And far too often, in our Christian walk, we do the same thing. We were so busy trying to do all these things, even, even in the name of Jesus, that we forget to actually sit down 
with him, to spend that time with him, to be at his feet and learn what it is that Jesus wants us to learn that day, that week, uh, whatever it may be, that month, we, we forget to spend that time. And Jesus is sitting here telling us that's the only thing that is necessary. Now, maybe you're like me where you, where you hear that and, and what comes to mind is, well, how, how can that be the only thing that is necessary? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, doesn't, doesn't James say a faith without works is dead? I mean, come on, Ephraim, how do you put those two verses together? Well, I am so glad you asked uh, because we'll actually dig into that right now. And, and oftentimes we hear that from James, you know, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. We hear that quoted. We hear that said. Um, but I want to go ahead and read a little bit more of this passage so we can get a better understanding. And it's James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warm and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now what James is pointing out here, and it may seem a little bit confusing at first, but what James is pointing out here is how faith and works go hand in hand. But he makes the point that I find very interesting in verse, uh, in verse 17 where he says, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So he's saying that this idea that faith and works, if they are by themselves, they're dead. They mean nothing. Well, how can that be? Well, well, well faith alone, if all, you, if all you do is sit at the feet of Jesus and you just sit and listen, 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 but nothing becomes of it, there are no works, it is dead because, because on its own, if you're calling yourself, if we call ourselves a follower of Christ and we want to be more like Christ. Well, Christ came into the world not to be served, but to serve. So that's an aspect that should be in every single one of us. So the more time we spend with Jesus, then naturally what should come out of our faith, of our time with him, is that we are naturally want to do things for other people and constantly serve other people in the church, out the church, want to reach people for Christ. That is a natural product of faith. So that's why without works, your faith, your faith is nothing. But on the other side, well, how is works by itself nothing? Well, it's by itself because what happens if we're constantly working, we're constantly doing all these things. Uh, you say, look, look at me, look, at, look how I'm serving in the children's ministry and I'm serving, uh, and I'm serving in the kitchen ministry or whatever else we have and I'm serving outside of my community and I've led these people to Christ. Maybe you've noticed what I'm saying. Look what I, 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 I. And we end up becoming very prideful of the things that we do. So this is why the works that we do, if we do them alone, not mixed in with faith and spend that time with Jesus, becomes dead because then it's no longer about him. It's about, look what I have done. So because of that, that's why James is saying these two things need to go together. This is why when Jesus says the one thing is necessary, it's only necessary to set his feet because the expectation, what should naturally happen, is that you do works. You do these preparations in the name of Christ. And there's, there's another passage where Jesus makes this, makes this known and just helps us understand more. Because, and the reason why I bring this up, because a lot of times people like to point out, look how the Bible contradicts itself. And, and, and I like, it doesn't contradict, it complements. And I love to, to tie these things together. And here is Jesus once again uh, speaking. And this is in John chapter 15. In verses 4, 4 and 5, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, 
you can do nothing. Jesus makes it very clear. He is the vine. He is our life source. He is the source that we need in our spirituality. If we want to bear fruit, and if you're thinking today, yeah, I want to bear fruit. I want to make an impact in the kingdom. I want to be able to do all these things for Christ. Jesus says, then abide in me. Spend time with me. Apart from me, you can't do anything. You can't. That's what he makes it plain and simple. You can't do anything without me, but but if you're in me, you will bear much fruit. Again, the idea that it just goes hand in hand. It goes together. I mean, even look on the side of our walls here. Love God, love people, impact the world. I, I mean, I love this because I mean, you guys remember where this comes from, right? Jesus, he, he gets questioned, what is the greatest commandment? And what is Jesus' response? Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what he says first. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what comes first. That's why love God comes first. And then I love the way he phrases this next part where he says, and the second is like it, as in it is paired with it. It comes right along. It is the natural response. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So naturally, if we love God and we spend this time with Jesus, naturally it will lead. It is like it to love people. And if we're loving the people because we're spending time with God, then naturally we're going to be impacting the world. That's how it works. This is why Jesus says, this is the one thing that is necessary. You want to bear fruit? Abide in me. This is why James says, faith and works need to go hand in hand. You can't have them separately. They go together. Jesus and, and, Jesus and James and in other parts of Scripture, it makes it very, very clear that, yes, we need to do all these things, but we can't just keep thinking that we have to do all these things without spending time with Jesus. Now, at this point, I'm sure you guys are thinking is, Okay, Ephraim, you know, we get it. We need to spend time at Jesus' feet. We understand. But how do I apply it? What does it look like? And then that is a natural response because when you get an idea, you want to know, okay, what's the next step? What do I need to do? And, and first of all, which is probably the most obvious, is what we're doing right here today. The fact that we can come together as a body of believers and, and, and worship our Lord and, and spend time in Scripture with him. I mean, because of what he's done, we get this amazing privilege to do this. And, and, and this is a time where we get to be as a group, as a body, to spend time at the feet of Jesus. And another way is through our Sunday school classes where you can get in a, in a little bit smaller group and, and just dig into the word more and understand uh, what it is that God wants us to see and try to grow in our spiritual walk. Another one uh, is our life groups that meet throughout the week. And there's just that a great time of fellowship with, with people that have uh, some of the same common interests, but the main one being, you know, we want to grow together as we grow closer to Christ, and we want to be able to have this community. I mean, that's a great time to do it, especially um, when you get to do it over dinner. And if your life group's not having dinner, y'all need to start. Okay? For some reason, when you say food's provided, people, whoosh, let's go, especially church folks. We love that. That's why churches have potlucks. Food just brings people together. As you can tell, I go to a lot of those. But this is just a great time that we can spend it together with other people. And, and, and the great thing about that is that there's also a time where you can spend in prayer uh, with fellow believers. And, and then speaking of prayer, even furthermore, in our own personal prayer life is spending time at the feet of Jesus. Now, sometimes because of our busyness and the many things we have in our minds. Sometimes we just throw up a prayer. Oh, yeah, I just remember I need to pray for this person. I need to pray for this, pray for this. And we think of this list of things we need to pray for. Um, But what I want to challenge us today to do at at least once this week, and then maybe after that you can do twice this week, where we take time to say, okay, I'm going to sit here and, and and just say, Lord, speak. 
and just give time, and just stand in silence, give some time for God to speak to us. Because far too often we like to spend time talking, but we don't spend the time to listen. And, and sometimes when that happens, God will reveal to us what it is that we really need to pray for. He'll lay on our hearts, you know, this is what you need to pray for. And then we can pray for those things, and we can thank God for what he's done and how he's answered prayer. And then through that, it'll help our faith because we said, wow, Lord, because of the way you answered this prayer, and, and I'm reminded of it, and then let me bring you more requests because I know you're, you're a faithful God, and, and you will keep your promises, and I know I can bring these to you. And it will just strengthen our prayer life. And then, and then uh, another point is uh, spending time in Scripture. Now, this one I'm sure most of you are like, oh. I hate it when someone on stage talks about spending time in Scripture because I forget. Thanks for reminding me I'm a failure, Ephraim. But that's not what I'm trying to do today. It's just, again, just a reminder. However, I understand when it's hard to read through Scripture. Um, sometimes, if, if you're one of those people like, All right, I just want to get through it, the whole Bible, uh, within a year or whatever your time frame is, and you start off in Genesis, and it's just, this is great. You see the story of creation, and you see the story of Abraham, and then you see uh, the story of Joseph, and this is exciting. You get to Exodus, and this is awesome, and, and God's just throwing down plagues on people, and Red Sea's part, and this is great. And then towards the end of Exodus, and you get to Leviticus, and it's just like, this is the most torturous reading I have ever come across. Look at all these pointless laws, and you kind of like, ugh. So maybe um, that's enough reading for the week. Um, so what I want to do is present to you uh, the five books to start, off, to start off with. And I think they're easy reads um, or much easier reads, and it's, it makes a little bit more sense. And the first one, uh, of course, is Genesis because you get the creation account. You get where we came from. You get, uh, you get great stories of the foundation of, of what we are today as a church and of Christianity and even way back then. Uh, so that one's, a, that one's a great book, obviously, to start off with. Um, the next one, I say just skip straight to Psalms. Go to Psalms because it teaches you about worship, teaches you how to worship. Uh, you see David constantly praising God for the things that he's done, but you also see David who spends some worship time kind of like lamenting because he's being chased by Saul, and Saul's trying to kill him, and he's kind of like, oh, God, why is it that I'm going through this? Why are you letting this happen? But So you get two aspects of worship, but nonetheless, David chooses to continue to worship even through the hard times. So that is a great way um, to learn about worship. Uh, then just go right on to Proverbs. Proverbs will teach you about uh, proper wisdom, godly wisdom. And from there, you can, you know, you can start learning a lot uh, of what it is about making wise decisions. And you see how Solomon, the you know, wisest man who lived on this planet, other than Jesus, all right, but just normal man, uh, some of his thoughts uh, there. And then the next one, uh, pick a gospel so you can learn about Jesus. Uh, just pick one. My personal favorite is Luke because I feel Luke is very practical and matter-of-fact and to the point. Um, so that's my personal favorite. You can pick that one. If not, I mean, my feelings aren't going to be hurt. Pick one. And some people like to start with John because John talks a lot more about uh, the love of Jesus and, and correlates more how Jesus is God. And so they like that aspect. But, you, but either one, but pick a gospel so you can learn about Jesus. And the last one is James. Uh, pick James because it teaches us how we're supposed to live as Christians. Another very practical book on if you're a Christian, this is what Christianity looks like. And, uh, and James just lays it out for you there. So, um, so there's those five. Again, Genesis, Psalms, Proverbs, Pick a Gospel, and James. Start with those five books. It'll give you a foundation. It'll give you uh, an ability to start, to be able to, to get in that routine, into that habit of wanting to read the Word. And, and, th and that obviously is spending time at the feet of Jesus because you're being able to, 
to sit there and see what God is communicating to us today. And then to go beyond that, you know, just, just talk to people in your life group. Talk to anyone on staff, an elder, anyone, and we can continue to, to direct you and help you in that way um, in your scripture reading. And, uh, and, and there are some things, too, that um, with different postures that we take and things like that that I believe will help us sit at the feet of Jesus. And one of them that is my personal favorite that we've kind of more as a whole uh, I've gotten away from in the American church more because it's kind of awkward, and, and I understand that, is, um, is the act of kneeling. Uh, I personally, I mean, I don't do it all the time, but sometimes uh, maybe just during prayer or during a worship or something, I personally like to kneel. I mean, again, I don't do it all the time, but I like to do it because what I see in Scripture is that, like with the patriarchs like Abraham and Moses and with the prophets like Elijah and Isaiah and um, with, uh, and with the, like the apostle Paul, um, when they are in the presence of God, their immediate reaction is to kneel. It's, it's, it's like when they're in the presence of God, they realize, well, well, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am not worthy to be in your presence, Lord, and, and I cannot look upon you because I will die because you are a holy God, and there is no way that I am worthy to be in your presence. And, and they had this genuine fear of God to where they can't stand in his presence. And this is something that today in the American church that I feel like, I, I'm not trying to diss the church, but I just feel it's just something that kind of happened with our culture, is that we've gotten really, really, really comfortable with God, and we've forgotten this aspect of who God is and how holy he is and, and, and just how we should have fear. I mean, there's a reason why in Proverbs it says the, beginning of, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Because th- th- there's just this aspect about fearing God that really puts us in our place and helps us to continue to want to be on his good side. Now, this isn't like, like we should always be afraid of God. Because after each of these accounts in Scripture, what's being said is do not be afraid. And he has them stand, and then they, he, God delivers the message he wants them to have. So it's just one of that natural reaction that just helps us to kind of put things back in perspective. And if we're going to talk about sitting at the feet of Jesus, let's actually sit on the floor like Mary or kneel. So what I'm going to ask for us to do today to try to, to get this idea started for us, just to start is for the next song, I'm going to ask us all to kneel, just for one song. And, 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 if, you're, and if you're like, I want a little bit more room and you want to get in the aisles, go right ahead. No judgment here. I know it may seem awkward. Uh, I know the times when I do it, I, what goes through my mind at first is, uh, man, I just, what are people thinking of me? Are the people are looking at me to think I'm being super self-righteous. But then after that, it's like God, just the Spirit just comes over me, and it's just like, just calm down and worship. And that's something that, that I just personally love, and I hope that's something that will happen for you today, to where it just, it's just kind of that starting point of, yes, I will kneel before my king and, and just have this time with him. Now, if today, if you physically can't get on your knees, like no one's going to be mad at you because you didn't, uh, please just remain seated. It's fine. Um, but maybe as you're seated, maybe kind of hunch over or something just to kind of have that same attitude or same posture. Uh, that's, that's totally fine as well. Um, but, it, but if you would like to take that position um, when we start the song, that would be great. And if you're here today and you're thinking, you know, I, I haven't spent enough time at his feet. There's a lot that I do, but I haven't spent enough time. And, and I want to be able to get back to that. And, and maybe it is a struggle that you have. And if so, I, I'll be up here, um, and I'll be kneeling with you, so don't let that be a hindrance. But come up, and I'll be happy to pray with you and talk to you to try to, try to help you on that, on that journey of what it is to come back to Jesus, come back to our first love. Or maybe you're here today, and you just think that 
I've never actually took that time to do that and uh, to, to take the initial step of learning from Jesus. And, and I want to know more about what, it's, what it means to become a Christian. Come down as well. I'll be happy to talk to you and pray with you about that and, and point you in the right direction and, and see what we can do there. Um, or maybe, maybe you're thinking, whatever, Efren, I really don't know you. I don't want to talk to you. Um, okay. There's elders here that have been here much longer. There's other ministers. Uh, Steve's here. Jim's here. Um, and there's other people that you can find after the service. And I know all of them will be happy to do that and, and be able to speak with you about either one of those things. So at this time, um, let us go ahead and kneel before our king and, and worship him through song.